Well, good evening and welcome back to WBC Online. And no, this is not pre-recorded. This is live. And so what you see tonight is what you get. You know, normally on Wednesday night is hopping around here. Uh, from 5.30 to 6.30, uh, we have a wonderful fellowship meal that we share uh, for all who are coming to participate in the activities on Wednesday night. And we serve around 160 to almost 200 at times, and we just have a great time, have a great meal. We have a great team that prepares and serves that food, and we have good fellowship. And when that's over with, uh, then a lot of things start happening. Generally, we have Awana going for the children and the youth, have their activities going. Three very distinct Bible studies for the adults. We have a ladies' Bible study, a men's Bible study. And I lead a general Bible study, and sometimes others lead that Bible study as well. But generally, a lot of things are happening. When all that's going on, we have the choir uh, here in the sanctuary, getting music ready for our worship on Sunday, and then after that, the praise team. So generally on Wednesday night, there is a lot of things going on. But all of a sudden, we were invaded by the coronavirus. And just like that, things have changed we're looking forward to when we can get back to enjoying all those things together. But until then, uh, tonight, you have me and, of course, my two amigos here, uh, my tech guys, James and Luke, who are making this happen for us. So we're glad that you're here. We want to do a couple of things while we spend this time together. Uh, first of all, I want you to update you on things, uh, information that you need to know. So let me just kind of go through some of them with you. Uh, first of all, of course, as I've been sharing with you, uh, we stay very closely uh, looking at all the information that's being given, all the guidelines. We have to look at three different areas. We have to consider the federal guidelines, that's the president and the CDC. But then there's the state guidelines and Governor McMaster's and what he is sharing with us. And then, of course, there's local uh, authorities as well. And so we're keeping a watch on everything uh, because the president may say one thing, but he has given the governors the freedom to respond to the need that's in their own state. So we'll keep monitoring that and so we can make the right decisions for you. We want to be wise. We want to be responsible, but uh, as you know, we want to stay engaged together. With that being said, uh, there's several things that we've had to cancel, postpone to a later date. Uh, one of those is our ladies' fellowship that was uh, set, uh, set up for March the 27th, and that's going to be rescheduled at a later time. Uh, we also had a men's ministry event set up on April the 3rd. And that's going to be rescheduled at a later time. We're not giving up on any of these things. We're just going to have to wait until those opportunities come for us. Uh, unfortunately, we've also had to go ahead and cancel our Passover Seder that um, we were really looking forward to, being able to share the Passover meal uh, before Easter Sunday. Uh, but uh, we've had to cancel that. We can't postpone that to a later time. We have to wait to next year uh, because it's really that Passover meal right before his crucifixion and his resurrection. And, and so there's only that really particular time in the year that we can do that. Hopefully we can get that rescheduled for next year. You be in prayer over that. Do I remind you about our Sunday services coming up. On Sunday morning, on March the 29th, once again, we will be online at 10 o'clock a.m. 
And just like last week, you can use, as you're doing right now, either our website or our church Facebook page and uh, get connected as we uh, continue to navigate through this coronavirus challenge we have, but uh, continue to join our hearts together and our spirits together in worship and, of course, in the study of God's Word. And so uh, we want to remind you also that we'll be right back with you live on Sunday night uh, as we continue our study on Defined. Uh, and we had a lot of people connect with us last Sunday night, be a part of that uh, online. Hope you'll come and join us again. And the focus this coming Sunday night uh, on week seven is walking in the Spirit. So uh, you come and get connected and be a part of that uh, with everybody else. Now, next thing I want to do is just talk a little bit about uh, going to the throne of grace and uh, praying for each other. Normally I would, when I with my Bible study group on Wednesday night, we have a list, a prayer list of uh, people, front page, back page, a lot of people that we're praying for. We don't have time to do that tonight, to go through all of those names, take about 20 or 25 minutes. Uh, but uh, if you're on our uh, email, churchwide email, uh, you uh, should be getting this list. If you're not on our churchwide email, then uh, please uh, call the office. We have someone there uh, most of the time during this uh, unique situation we're in. And uh, let us know that you're not on it, you want to be on it, give us your email address and we can add you to that list uh, because we want you to know who to be praying for. But here's what I want to do tonight. Almost every one of our Sunday school classes have uh, their own email group that they send information out. And I want you to use that uh, extensively. I want you to use it to communicate uh, not just uh, basic things, but prayer needs and stay engaged and be praying for one another. If you're in a Sunday school that hasn't established that yet, here's a great time and a great need. And go ahead and set that up and then uh, I can send out information and we can from the office to each of those groups and they can get it out to you. And that way we can continue to be praying for one another, ministering to one another as best we can according to the guidelines that are given to us. But I do want to take a moment right now and ask you to just join me in your heart and your spirit as we go to God's throne of grace together. I want to lift you up, our church up, and ask for his blessing. So, Father God, we come again afresh and anew. We come with one heart. We come with one spirit. We come in one accord. Now call upon the only true living God. Uh, eternal God and Father, we know that you are the Lord God most high. And we know that in your sovereignty, just an act of your sovereign will, you could step in and miraculously change things. But Lord, we just yield to you. We know that you use things even like this, like the coronavirus crisis that we're dealing with, uh, to accomplish your plans and purposes. And we trust you, Lord. We trust you with all of our heart. Your word tells us and you share with us that your ways are above our ways, your thoughts are above our thoughts. And so sometimes we can't wrap our mind around what is happening and why it's happening. But we know one thing, we look at the cross, Lord. And we know how much you love us. 
We know that you love this world even because you tell us in, in John three sixteen your word that you so love the world that you gave us your only begotten son. So everything you do, ultimately, Lord God, we know is a response of your love coming out of your perfect wisdom and knowledge of all things. I lift up to you, Lord, all that are joining with me right now. I don't know who they are, but you do. And I ask for your blessings upon them. I pray, Lord God, that your face would shine upon them. You would show them favor. Pray that you would protect them from the coronavirus. And, Lord, not only them, but their families, and especially those in their family that are high risk in, in getting this uh, virus and uh, it having a, a deadly impact on their lives. So I ask you to be a high tower for them, and not just for them, Lord, not just for those who are with us right now in spirit uh, in this time of prayer, but, Lord God, also with our whole church family. I want to thank you just for the joy and the privilege to pastor this incredible fellowship. And, Lord, uh, for those who are joining us even now online, uh, getting connected with us for the first time, I thank you for them. And, Lord, we want to minister to all. We want to use the guidelines given to us, but we want to do everything we can to share your love. So we ask for creativity. We ask, Lord, for divine interventions, Lord, like today when the opportunity I had today to uh, just share with the lady about you, Lord Jesus, and her desire, having accepted you as Lord and Savior, to be obedient to you and follow that in baptism. And we're looking forward, Lord God, with great joy to be able to come together and celebrate, uh, Lord, her faith in you. But we want to see more, Lord, come to know you. So we're just asking for your blessings, your blessings tonight, Lord, upon those in our fellowship that are sick, Lord, those who have just had surgery, they're home recovering, and there's a lot of needs, Lord God. So we just commit them to you. We lay them right there at your throne of grace and entrust them in your incredible love, your healing grace, and, Lord God, your incredible mercy upon their lives. Lord, now as we get into your word, I pray that, Lord, you would just uh, lead us. You again give us ears to hear. I'm trusting you, Lord, to give me the words to be able to share so that uh, you can speak a personal word to each and everyone that is listening. So, Lord, we give it to you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, if you have your Bibles with you, I'd like for you to turn with me uh, for a few moments to the book of James. As I have been leading the Bible study, my Bible study part on Wednesday night, I've been leading uh, my group through a verse-by-verse -verse study uh, of the letter that James sent to Jewish believers who had to flee the Jerusalem-Judea area because of persecution. And so he is writing, he's hitting on a lot of different subjects, trying to encourage them, trying to instruct them so that uh, they could continue in the faith and they could be stronger in the faith. And in our study, we've come to really the last chapter. And so I thought it'd be good just to go ahead and use this time uh, tonight and maybe next Wednesday night to finish that study and then we just see how the Lord leads from there as uh, things begin to unfold and possibly things change and maybe we can be back together. But for tonight, I want us to look in James chapter 5 and verses 14 through 15, the very first part of 15. And I want you to notice several things with me. What is unique about this passage for this time is that James is dealing with the issue of prayer 
and of faith and of healing. So as we begin to unfold it together, I want you to notice several things with me. First of all, at the very first part of verse 14, James begins uh, by uh, taking a look at uh, a concern that he had. He asked this question. He said, is anyone among you sick? Now, the word he uses for sick here literally means without strength. In other words, nothing left. Uh, you're, you're getting to that point where this is a very serious condition that we're dealing with. Now, what is also unique about this word, though, is that it's used uh, to speak of different aspects of our life. For instance, we could be without strength emotionally. Life happens. And sometimes when life happens, it comes at us from every direction. And, and we just get to that point where emotionally we have very, very little left. Some of you may be dealing with that right now uh, in terms of uh, the coronavirus. Some of you have uh, been laid off. Some of you have, uh, are still being paid, but you have to stay at home. You're trying to deal with the fact that schools have changed and now what am I going to do with my children? And then there may be other things. There may be somebody in your family that actually is dealing with this issue of this virus. It could be a combination of a lot of things that could possibly be happening in your life. And you could be without strength emotionally. I mean, you have been stretched as far as you can be stretched. So that's where it is used to speak about being without strength emotionally. It is also used to speak of being without strength spiritually as well. Again, sometimes our, our faith is stretched to the limit as we try to put our trust in God and life is happening and we live in a broken world. We're broken people living in a broken world, but we got the grace of God to help us. But sometimes it's overwhelming. Let's just be honest with the reality that uh, we go through seasons where our faith is really tested and it's really stretched. And so you could be, and there, this is used to speak of those people not only who are without strength emotionally, but also without strength spiritually. But of course, it is also used to speak of being without strength uh, physically. In other words, someone who is seriously, seriously ill. In all of these cases, it's not just surface stuff. It's not just being discouraged. It's just not saying, well, my faith is being tested right now. But it's talking about a serious uh, place that we're in, whether it's emotionally or spiritually or even physically. And so he asks that question. He says, is any among you sick? Are you without strength? And so he had a concern, but then he made reference to a call that that individual needed to make, whether it's emotionally, spiritually, or physical need they have, they were to make a call. So as we look further here in James chapter 14, after he asked the question, is any among you sick? Then it says, he, then he must call for the elders of the church, the elders being the, the spiritual leaders of the church to come. And uh, what is interesting about this is that the initiative needs to be taken by the one who is without strength, whether it's emotionally, whether it's spiritually, whether it's physically, it, it is to be initiated by that one who recognizes just how serious their condition is. 
And so they're calling for spiritual support. They're calling for the spiritual leaders to come. And as they are to come, he moves from talking about a concern and a call, but then James gives a command to those elders, to those spiritual leaders, what they must do. And that command is twofold. So let's look at it together. He says in verse 14, if anyone among you is sick, then he must call for the elders of the church and, and here's what he tells them, they are to pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. So let's look at this. First of all, let's look at the latter part of that. He says these spiritual leaders are to come and anoint that person with oil. Now, there are two very distinct words used in Scripture to make reference to oil. The one that James uses here is when oil is used for one of two purposes, either for medicinal purposes, like uh, the Samaritan, the good Samaritan, and he found the guy that had been beaten and had so many physical needs, particularly on the outside of his body, he anointed his body with oil. And that was used quite frequently in the New Testament times. They used oil medicinally, particularly to deal with the outward needs of the physical body. But the word he uses also for oil also uh, was used to uh, talk about setting apart someone or something either for God or setting them apart before God to seek his blessings upon it or upon them. And, and in other words, with the oil being a symbol of the Holy Spirit, uh, oil would be used to anoint someone to set them apart for God's direct look upon their life, focus upon their life, that he would respond in the power of the Holy Spirit and, and bless that individual according to whatever need they have. Now, we see this in one other place in the New Testament, so I want to draw your attention there. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me uh, for just a moment to Mark chapter 6. Mark chapter 6. This is a time where uh, Jesus took his disciples, he broke them up in groups of two, and he sent them out to bear witness of him, and he gave them authority gave them his authority to use as they were proclaiming the word and as they were ministering to people. And here's what the scripture says in Mark chapter 6, verse 13. The scripture says, And they were casting out many demons and were anointing them with oil, anointing with oil many sick people and healing them. In other words, the healing that was taking place was happening immediately. Uh, a little bit different than when we're using oil maybe for medicinal purposes or taking medicine for medicinal purposes. Uh, there was something that was happening immediately, and these people were being healed. So when we go back and we look at this, we say, what is James talking about? When he says that these spiritual leaders are to anoint that person with oil. Well, all the people I look to, the scholars that... I have tremendous faith and confidence in. Uh, they kind of come at it from different directions. So I'm just going to share with you my heart and my conviction on this. I, I think that all here is used to, to focus their faith on setting that person apart 
to ask God through the power of his Holy Spirit to work in that person's life in a very special and supernatural way. Uh, not that we shouldn't try and use medicine. Certainly, God has blessed us with doctors and nurses and technicians and, and medicines that, that are, are remarkable, and we are to use wisdom and use those things in our lives. But the situation he's talking about here is one that is spiritually focused. And so this person who is in great need, maybe they're without faith emotionally, they just don't have anything left. Maybe they're without faith spiritually. Their faith has been stretched as far as it can be stretched. And so we're talking about a serious condition here, emotionally, spiritually. Maybe it is physically. And they know they need the touch of God upon their body and upon their life. And so these spiritual leaders come and anoint that person with oil uh, as representative of the power of the Holy Spirit, setting that person apart for this specific time of prayer for this specific person. And then uh, the scripture goes on to say, as we look at this together, uh, that with the anointing, they are to obviously ask God, it says, and they are to pray over him. And then notice what it says in verse 15, as he's talking about them praying over this person, asking God to intervene. It says in verse 15, and the prayer offered in faith will restore the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. That's a very interesting phrase. So let me just touch on it for a moment as we begin to bring this to a close for us tonight. First of all, James uses a very different word in verse 15 for sick than what he used in verse 14. Verse 14, as I've been sharing with you, meant without strength, a very serious condition, whether it's emotionally or spiritually or physically. But then he uses an entirely different word in verse 15 when he says that uh, he will restore the one who is sick. This word means to be weary. In other words, talking about someone who really needs a special filling of, of the Holy Spirit with faith to deal with the issues that they're having in their life as life is happening to them, whether it's emotionally or spiritually or, or physically. And so James actually just changes the word to let us know that this is not some special formula, that if you go and abide by this formula, that uh, someone is always going to be healed. Can that happen? Absolutely. Emotionally, spiritually, and physically. Many of you know, most of you know, that I am a living testimony of the miraculous hand of God for healing in my life. So yes, it can happen. But James is making sure that we don't have some type of formula here, that we're putting our faith in a formula and not putting our faith in the Lord God and his grace and his wisdom and his love in that person's life. Now, I think it's also interesting that he uses the word restore here. He says the prayer offered in faith will restore. That happens to be the same word for save. Uh, and in fact, if you'll take your Bibles, and this is the last verse I want to draw your attention to tonight. In Psalms 34 and in verse 18, um, we see this word save used in the same manner that James is using it here in verse 15. 
And here's what David wrote, Psalms 34. We looked at the first four verses in the eighth verse last Sunday morning. Well, look with me in verse 18 and notice what it says here. It says, the Lord is near to the brokenhearted. He says, the Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves, there's that word, saves those who are crushed in spirit. This is what James, I believe, is talking about. And sometimes there's a supernatural act of God where someone is miraculously healed by the grace and power of God, physically, spiritually, emotionally, but more than anything else, there are times where I just have needed in my life, and probably you have needed in your life, just a fresh feeling of faith that gives us peace, that gives us joy, that gives us confidence. We're loved of God. And whatever the need, no matter how serious it is, God is with the brokenhearted. And God is with those who are crushed in spirit. He saves those who are crushed in spirit. The same word of restore. So I just want to encourage you. We got a lot of anxiety out there. And we got a lot of fear. We have a lot of needs. Not just the coronavirus but we have people who have the flu. We have people having surgeries. We have people who need surgeries, cannot have surgery right now. But let's together, let's together continue to stand in the gap and pray. And yes, in this time right now, it would be kind of hard to gather the spiritual leaders together and go to one place. But there are ways we can accomplish that with technology very uniquely. But the most important thing, as we understand, it's the prayer of faith, not in oil, not in a formula, but in the most high God, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So stay strong. Put your faith in him. I'm looking forward to seeing you again on Sunday and maybe even before that. But I ask that God's face shine upon you and have his favor upon you. Let me close in prayer. So Father God, Thank you so much for this word out of James that encourages us, gives us insight, gives us instruction. Lord, where we can find just how amazing your grace and your love and your power can be in our lives. So be with my church family. Lord, again, I want them to know how much I love them, how much I appreciate them. I thank you, Lord God, for the joy and the privilege to be able to serve them as a brother in Christ, but as their pastor. So, Lord, you lead us and guide us, and we ask for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you.